0: Like it's 1999 Podcast like
3: it You want a podcast like it podcast like it's 1999 Podcast like it Just podcast like it Podcast like it's 1999 Podcast like it You want a podcast like it's 1999
0: Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about freaks and geeks on Fridays. It's Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday. And we're coming at you here from the launching of Bill's huge rocket. It's a huge rocket. Bill, your rocket's huge. Here in 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybar. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today is my camp friend-in-law, Toby Herman. (laughs) Hi, guys. Toby, it's so good to see you again.
2: It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me back. Of
0: course. Toby, the person... You didn't turn us on walk. You exposed us to it. You exposed us to it, yes. To walk on the moon. Walk on the moon, because we love it. We talk about it all the time. It's, it's, yeah. It's such a good movie. One of those gems. One of those... One of those those movies that we were just...
1: I didn't even really, I mean, I knew it existed, but, you know.
2: But I also feel like there are things about it that now have more, um, populate the culture or the sure. conversation a little bit more, like when uh, Maisel goes to the Catskills and stuff like that, totally. then you go back and you look at this that did it first and you're like, oh, this is actually really good. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's really good. Um, but today, we're talking about Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, Sure talking are. Like it's Freaky Friday, guys.
0: <laughs> Time to get Freaky.
1: <laughs> It's episode 107, uh, Carded and Discarded. Technically, the 10th episode produced, but the 7th episode aired. Um, And I'm just going to give a synopsis right off the bat. Uh, Sam, Neil, and Bill befriend Maureen, played by Kayla Ewell. Uh, a very pretty and friendly new transfer student at McKinley. When the popular crowd shows interest in her, the geeks take Maureen out on a night of all-you-can-eat dining in an attempt to keep from losing her. Lindsay and the Freaks try to buy fake IDs to see the band Feedback perform at a local bar. However, after they go through the trouble of getting their IDs and going into the bar, the group is stunned to find out who the hot local band's lead singer is. Carded and Discarded aired on January twentieth, 2000. It was written by Paul Feig and Judd Apatow and directed by Judd Apatow. Um... I'm going to read a little uh, chunk of Emily Vanderwerf's AV Club review, just sort of for context a little bit. Um, the argument that's advanced in Freaks and Geeks was a- was ahead of its time, that it would have thrived in a microculture-driven, cable-oriented television world of the present. And maybe that's true, but to me, it feels like reading what became of all these people, with nearly every actor in the cast and many of the recurring players turning into film and television stars, creator Paul and executive producer Judd Apatow, back onto the show itself, as if the world of 1999-2000 was not yet ready to appreciate their brilliance like we are in the present day. But look at Carded and Discarded. It's one of my favorite episodes of the show, with its long lyrical moments that flirt with being boring, and with its pointless detours that do little to advance the plot, but much to advance the episode's comedy. Is there a network or TV show... TV? network right now that would air a show like this. The television audience is just never going to embrace a show that is deliberately low stakes. That is about the way certain characters try to live their lives with quiet dignity and struggle to find their way through complicated thickets of maturity. I think there's something to that. Now, having watched eight episodes thus far, I don't... I love the show to death. Mm -hmm. And I do think, honestly, that a cable streaming network would probably buy this today. But... It is such a weird thing. And this episode, which was sort of a, a repilot, or so they were trying to do a repilot of this, the show had gone off the air for a couple months in November. They tried to relaunch it on Monday nights with, I imagine, very little uh, marketing or publicity. Um, there was really no internet to really push this show at the time. Uh, they put it on Monday nights with this quote-unquote repilot, which sort of reintroduces us to these characters but no more than any normal episode it doesn't feel like a repilot That's right. I, no more than any normal yeah episode. so i was just sort of like a little bit scratching my head watching this thinking what was mbc thinking at the time with the and when i say at the time like in this moment of this series not like picking it up to pilot and making it into a show but like we're in the thick of it now and how do we get
0: people to watch i'm this gonna thing. take the the Please. nbc's yeah nbc's side on this sure the argument against Freaks and Geeks, not the against the argument as to why Freaks and Geeks failed, like kind of starts and ends with they pooped it out on what Friday nights or Saturday nights? Saturday nights. Saturday nights. No one watches TV on Saturday nights. <laughs> Certainly, nobody who is you know predisposed to like a show like this. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it got incredible reviews, and as we've said before, I mean, at the time in my life, I don't know about you, Toby, but like my pop culture was was um, completely curated by Entertainment Weekly. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and Premiere, right?
0: Well, if you were cool. <laughs> yeah, it was both for me, but I yeah. appreciate and Entertainment Weekly was- Premiere like, was monthly, too. So like, yeah, Entertainment yeah, Weekly was weak. Only when I was in an airport. But, but, but Entertainment Weekly was bite-sized. It was yeah, so yeah. easy to digest. It was made for idiots. Like It was like the USA Today of, of <laughs> entertainment publications. And it was made for idiots like me. And they championed, I don't know which what Phil- Phil just shrugged. I don't know if he was- No, I don't about, think you're an idiot. Thank you. I, I was wondering if you were being nice to Entertainment Weekly or no, to me. No. Um But – uh God, I'm so taken by that compliment. <laughs> but my only point was Entertainment Weekly, as we've also established, like had a real track record of of championing yes. shows like this. Buffy, I Gilmore Girls, Everwood, My So-Called Life. Um They weren't afraid to say this teen show is, is fantastic. And they did that with Freaks and Geeks. I want to say this was their number one show of the year. So they were super hyped by this show. I think – I think NBC deserves credit. I agree. I'm not taking Saturday it, yeah. and
1: putting it on to Monday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, most shows would have just died after that first run. After that first, yes. that first six on Saturday nights. I mean, I I think most networks would have cut bait. But again, critical acclaim. They mm-hmm. probably thought we've got something here.
2: They had also, shot,
1: They'd more also shot more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so they already paid too. for that. That's true too. Um, but you know, as we all know, it's a business and you know, if there was more money to be made off of a rerun when it came to ad sales, they're, they're going to do that. True. Um, but all that being said, it's interesting cause I, you know, obviously I continue to read articles as I sort of go along and, and one of the articles talked about how the moment that people checked out the moment when audiences were like, I don't want to watch this show anymore is ultimately halfway through the pilot. When Lindsay yells at Eli, a lot of people felt, or at least people felt like, that was a, a bridge too far. Now, admittedly, she unrings that bell by the end of the episode mm-hmm. and, and recognizes her fault and what she did is so wrong. I mean, literally, in that moment, she feels terrible, like mm-hmm. when he runs away. But, you know, there's a nuance to that that some people might not have, you know, locked into. But I guess this is just a long way of saying that if you lost on a Saturday night, if you lost a third of your audience or whatever it is, I mean – was this show ever destined to find an audience? So to Kenny's point, I, I, I love that NBC said, we're going to try this again. Now they didn't try for long. I think they aired a couple episodes on Mondays and I should, I, I should have that at my fingertips, but I don't. Um,
2: Did they end up airing all 18?
1: Uh, no, they aired 17 because no, they- No, no, they,
0: they didn't air 17.
1: Well, no, no. They, uh, with the Fox Family Channel, they aired the remaining episodes, but they never aired uh, the, the, Kim, the Kelly, Kelly. Kim Kelly one.
0: But they, Yeah, I was going to say, Fox Family aired four. Yes. So they actually only wound up airing 13 on NBC. Okay. yeah, um, I'm just trying to see uh, how
1: many aired on that Monday nights
2: Because I didn't discover this until DVDs.
1: I think they all aired on Monday night. Yeah, they st- you're, you're right. They stuck around until- uh,
0: until March, until the bitter end. I'll give you. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, or just at least yeah, yeah. what they put on Monday. So they moved it from Saturday to Monday. Yeah. They put it on at eight o'clock on Monday before Dateline. You know, and then in the Third Watch. So this is this, was some real, this, this, this yeah. is some real. This is some real post Tarnakov shut <laughs> shit going on here. <laughs> like, this is like when like they didn't know. They, they just did Throwing it all against one because. <laughs> It's obviously a lost art, or it, it's actually like, not a lost art as much as it's like an obsolete art, but like the art of, the art of scheduling. Scheduling, yeah. That's what I always loved as a Same. kid. Same Halo mm-hmm. effects and oh, shit like exciting. that. Oh, it's exciting! Like, how would you put together yeah. a schedule if yeah. you could? I mean, TGIF. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or musty okay. TV. Or, must or
2: every night had their like musty TV d- didn't and... have a uh, jingle though.
0: TGIF. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night. The feelings right. Yeah. TGIF. <laughs> um, gonna have
2: some fun. Show you how it's done. Good. Oh my fun, show you God, how
0: it's done. Um, TGF was great. <laughs> I, you want to go back and forth naming teacher app shows? Uh,
2: just the ten of us.
0: Hold on. Oh wow. All right. So we'll go. We'll go. How as many were as there? Can. Well, there were a lot over the course. Um, Full house.
2: Growing pains. At one point. I oh, is that? No, right. that was Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, oh my God.
1: I'm I'm looking them up now. Just.
2: I, I was so excited about just the ten of us. It's I amazing have,
0: like, you came up with just the ten of us. Well, because
2: that was a growing pains spinoff.
0: And it was one of the. It was I think original lineup. Just ten of us. Hmm. All right.
2: I'm completely blanking now. I was so excited about that. Family Matters. Yes.
0: Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh, jeez. Yes. Step by step. Okay. You really know these? How would I not? This I is I, what I, I did. I'm yeah. look, Perfect I'm
1: look, Strangers? I'm look, hold on. I'm uh, I'm looking it up right now to see that, what other ones okay. are. Okay. Right? Perfect Strangers. Yeah, Perfect yeah, Strangers yeah, yeah, was yeah. one of them. So, like Stand. Okay, here we go. It's, so it starts in 85.
2: I was going to say okay. Perfect Strangers is like 86 or 7. On the wing. Mr.
1: Belvedere. Okay, at the beginning. Really? Sure. Webster.
2: Okay. Yeah. These
1: are just to
0: go. Yeah. And go it's not TGIF. This isn't TGIF. Okay. Uh, this is Friday Night program. Going places. Go. I know the song. You, <laughs> uh, you know who's in that? I'll say he was in it. Who's in it? Uh, Cam- uh. Well, I'm saying Cameron, but really he's he's uh Connor now from Succession. Alan Rock. Yeah, Alan Rock. Alan Rock you're, you're right. Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear played a character named Michael uh baby
1: talk was also one oh, of them baby talk yes. was just, dinosaurs come on dinosaurs are oh.
0: brilliant baby talk
1: was <laughs> dinosaurs. ending is fucking crazy on, we'll talk about second.
0: <laughs> baby talk I'll tell, I mean, I'll tell you how deep i go on this shit baby talk was was look who's talking the yes TV show. yes it was, yeah dinosaurs ending is i put this on twitter it's one of the five best fanals. i
2: don't know that i've ever watched the finale. oh Do you, you
0: know? don't know what happens no they go extinct <laughs> <laughs> they kill them all they go extinct that's it's like, brilliant it's brilliant
2: <laughs>
1: yeah I mean dinosaurs is, is an insane television show yeah. but it's amazing that it exists uh, yeah I mean it seems like it was Family Matters was the big one step by step
0: Full House was the big one
1: Hanging with Mr. Cooper
2: they threw a lot of sister spinoffs sister. there sister sister
0: if they if you say so yeah no sisters, 94 sister. Yes,
2: yes. but they took a lot of their spinoffs oh. just the 10 of us family matters like they threw them in there
0: yeah you know what, there was one there was one with all the smollett kids <laughs> yeah. uh where yes. like the parent died the parents died and mm-hmm. they like took care of each other which is basically a full house spinoff because one of the smolletts was on full house jesse uh
2: journey no journey no the
0: kid the boy but not jesse the boy no
2: no 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 she
0: was like michelle's friend
2: why did I think Jesse was on there? I don't that? know what's happening. Okay.
0: All right. Back to Free the journey. I mean, so they went to eight o'clock on On, uh, on they go Mondays, Mondays at eight o'clock, and then they moved it to nine o'clock on Mondays after twenty-one. So this was after the big, um, the big game show boom. Twenty-one Correct. was you know quiz yeah. cool, show. Twenty-one. Yeah. Um, of course, that's the right one to. I mean, wh- everything was a mess. Um,
2: what's the protocol if um, someone discovers that someone else is just blatantly wrong about something? Oh, on this show, do we butt in? <laughs>
0: Was I blatantly wrong? <laughs> uh,
2: Journey was on Full <laughs> House.
0: No, but that's not the one I'm talking about.
1: That's <laughs> <this is> amazing. <laughs> that's not the, it might have been Journey. I, I, do, I do love that this has become a debate on TGIT, uh, F which is not is a thing that actually has any correlation to... Uh, no, not at all. Shows. I
2: just feel like no, I no. I just like kind of no, I fell into like a shame spiral. Oh, you
1: shouldn't have well, at all. I
2: could not name... Another
0: one. You had one locked and loaded. You remember him, right?
2: Yeah, of course.
0: That's the guy I was thinking.
2: That's fine, but that's
0: wrong. (laughs) No, it's not wrong. It's also right. He was on it too. They were both on it? Yes. He's
2: not a Smollett. Yes, he is. What's his name?
0: Tim Smollett. (laughs) That's amazing. We're just going to, Oh, you know who he is? He's I'm totally, Maury, it's Maury, it? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're totally right.
2: One more time. I couldn't hear you.
0: Toby, you're totally right. It's a
2: Maury. Toby Herman. Oh, that's amazing.
0: Um, that's amazing. So that was really good. Sorry. Let's, I, I feel terrible. Let,
1: no, let's, well, let's then, dive into Carded and Discarded for a second. Cause, yeah. cause well, <laughs> because Kenny, you brought up something <laughs> interesting earlier, um, that I think is worth diving into off the bat. Cause it's sort of a thematic thing with this episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there is something sort of not great or i don't want to say problematic because we throw that word around a lot on this sometimes but there is something and maybe it is the right word to use but the possessiveness that the geeks have over maureen in this episode was something that jumped out at me pretty early on now i don't think that it's done um i think i think they i think they think it's cute. I think they think it's that it, you know a bunch of boys that are that are sort of unsure of themselves, and like this girl, and like how she makes them feel, and they don't want to let go of that,
0: and that's all right. It so gets, it gets muddy. We have a woman on the podcast. We do. Hi, guys. So, <laughs> hey, Toby. We have a lady on the podcast. We do. So I'm going to uh, do my best to kind of set what I think is going on. Sure. And then and then I'll tell you if you're wrong well you <laughs> could tell me that I'm wrong but also like I'm like yes of course but also <laughs> like uh, <clears throat> I'll just you I mean just respond please okay. basically um, my understanding and my my kind of like bigger picture issue with what's going on here is the presentation of this storyline which is essentially the three geeks um, almost luck into being friends with this new cute girl, mm-hmm. right? Who, you know, she's just classically attractive. She's obviously attractive. She's cool. She's
2: Marsha Brady. She's
0: Marsha yeah. Brady. That's right. She's Marsha Brady walks in, but also like cool, right? She's not just like some like, you know, she's not like a like a, a cypher like they do so often. Mm-hmm. She's funny. She like, she, she cares that they're nice. And um, she's almost a little manic pixie dream girlish without the manic part. She is, um, but the pixie part in that she came out of nowhere and became their friend. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself has its own issues, but that's not really the issue I'm talking about here. The issue it's I'm talking more of a about
1: guest star issue
0: was that it's more of a guest star issue. Yeah, yeah. right, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. What and there, but it does kind of it is kind of wrapped up in it because there is this idea of looking at this female character through the eyes of these geeks who seem to think that they are going to be able to date her. Yeah. By virtue of two things, being really nice to her and keeping her away from everybody else.
1: Yeah, there's 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 a, a passive-aggressive strong-arming
0: kind of quality to it a little bit. So if we can kind of like – we don't have to that. agree to that. Yeah. But that's, that's my read on that part of it. Now, like the second part that's like – so that in and of itself is not particularly troubling because that's real to me. Mm-hmm. That actually would happen a lot. What's particularly troubling to me is that these are our heroes and – there is no comment on this. It just seems like almost like, I mean, you know, incel is a really loaded word, but it's a it's a um, it's proto incel. Like incel stands for involuntary involuntarily celibate. The incel movement is really is really kind of seeped in this idea of. Why don't the girls go after the nice guys? Like, if I'm really nice and if I'm really a great guy, the whole notion of the "quote unquote" Chad is that they're always going after the Troys. Like Sydney's interested in a, in a future episode. Cindy, yeah, and Sydney, Cindy, yeah. Cindy's interested, but they won't go after like the sweet guys who treat them well. Um, and I think this. Sh- I think <laughs> I the know show. Yeah. Un- I think the show unwittingly, and there wasn't language for this twenty years ago, yeah. right? This thing didn't mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. So I can't really get too, I can't really go too hard on them, but the show unwittingly gives into this mythology that I think so many boys believed in, which is, you know, if you're nice and if you're nice, you deserve the best women. And I think that I, I do think that's what it is. Okay. I think that's the, the Kevin James Lee Remini thing. I think that's the James, Jim Belushi, Courtney Thorne Smith thing. I think that's all these movies we've seen our whole lives where the geek gets the girl. So all of
1: Apatow's.
0: So. all of Apatow, but all also all of fucking John Hughes to some extent.
1: Well, I am going to push back on it just slightly, and then I obviously very much want to hear what you have to say about it. I've
2: got two hours on my meter <laughs> outside.
1: Um, I, I think that um, I agree with every, I agree with what you're saying to an extent. I, I don't I, I'm not sure that I would go as far as as uh, as what you're saying in terms of that nice guys deserve hot girls. Um. As I don't much think as think no 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 I, that, 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 that's what <laughs> this is saying i first of all they're unsuccessful, so it should be said that they don't actually
0: that's a big part of it though. no I, I understand because I it, think but... that that I, not to, I'm sorry to cut you up but that's a big part they are, the, I think the I think that the, the the reason the show is elevated above the wish fulfillment stuff that's that, that that people don't really care about is because I think they're trying to say how it really is I, and the and <clears throat> Incels weren't born because the nice guys got the girls. Incels were born because the nice guys, you know, put themselves out. Nice guys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the guys who consider themselves to be nice guys put themselves out there and got rejected time after time. This, I think,
1: but I guess my point is that the characters take that—that that, I'll, I'll say failure for what it's worth, for its lack of a better word they take it in stride and they find ways to move forward. And you see in the next episode where, you know, uh, Sam's relationship with, with Cindy and where it goes, that you're seeing a guy who has learned to deal with it in a, in a, in a mature and effective way. So to your point, if someone was to watch that, if a quote unquote incel was to watch that and see that it's going to be okay, then I think that it's, it's, that's not that bad. I think that if it goes the other way and – Is it going to be OK though? Like that's – Well,
0: but that that's my point. I think but, it is OK. You, but no, I think that's the – For Sam, it, it works out just fine. No, it doesn't because Sam winds up friend zoned with Cindy. Well, if, in the long run of the show. He, he can be a bit of a grown up about it and good for him I guess but like – they're all kind of grown ups about it. None of them, I mean, well, none of them shoot up the place because no, most people don't shoot up the place. You know what I mean? Like most people don't shoot up the place. It's like it's it's uh, three hundred million guns in the country. Like most people aren't taking their guns and shooting up the place. I get it, mm-hmm. but presenting this in such a way, presenting this in such a way, does kind of add to this mythology of you know why won't why won't cute girls like nice boys, um, in a non in a, a non way. Uh, we have to turn this over to Toby. We're doing the exact boy thing right now. So hi
2: guys. Sorry, Toby. No, don't apologize. Um, first of all, I think, um, I think they know, I think, Mm. I, I think Judd and Paul are aware of kind of what you're saying. I think they're aware of the fact that the moment that these geeks are in where they think they can basically possess Maureen is creepy, but that doesn't matter because they are just showing the truth of that moment in time at, of that age of boys and their limited perspective on the world and everything. And the thing that I love so much about, I mean, the show in general, but especially about the geeks is they are just to the bone, they are just true teenagers because, in one breath, they have this bravado and confidence that they should not have and then in the next they're like bemoaning the fact that they're going to die alone and <laughs> and and I just think that's as real as it gets and so much you were talking about uh Lindsay and Eli and the pilot so much of being a teenager is trying on personalities and seeing what fits and what feels good and what feels bad and that's exactly that's the premise of the show where Lindsay's concerned. 100% and I don't know. And so I feel like I don't think they're condoning this. I don't think they're saying, Hey, look, everything works out well. We see them quote unquote fail when it comes to Maureen. Um, I just think it's all real. And I mean, it's the, it's the Landry Tyra thing. I mean, it's just you, you want to, you want to cheer on <coughs> the quote unquote good guy. You want them to get whatever girl they want. But the fact that, that we're even using the, the, phrasing of guy gets girl instead of like oh look two people are dating together both complicit and have a say in it is problematic and complicated but yeah but i think the
0: i think think that's what i'm I'm going for
2: and that's fine but i think being a 14 year old boy is problematic and complicated and i think you don't have enough information or just like life you don't have enough experience to take a step back you're just in it that's why i love Teenagers, that sounds weird. I <laughs> I love writing teenagers. Sure, Friday sure. Night Lights is my favorite sure. show because every fucking thing is the end of the world. Yeah. Everything's a fire. When it's not. Everything's an emergency. Yeah. But it is to
0: them. It, uh, no, no, they're yeah, standing yeah, yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean it, to be aggressively pointing.
2: They're standing totally, in their truth. Totally, there. Yeah. I, yeah. I
0: couldn't agree with you more. Like Friday Night Lights and, and Glee uh, at that moment when they came out were – my favorite shows for that exact reason, mm-hmm. where everything is the most important thing that's ever happened. Yeah. I love that, yeah. Um, about those shows, I like that about this show. Um, I just feel like <clears throat> it doesn't take much. There's just something about, I guess, this idea of from the beginning, Sam pining after Cindy, and then Maureen, and the show presenting it like. Billy Madison p- pining after uh, Bridget Wilson, right? Just like these, like hot girls come in, and he thinks in some way, like he should have them.
2: But that's that's a teenage boy. But that's cool,
0: and that's what I'm trying to say. Like that's I get that that's – there's something innately that creepy to it. But- I get that that's real, but the show has to comment on that. That's all I'm saying. Like I get that like that's real, but the show puts us in Sam's Sam's shoes and basically says. Doesn't it suck that this like small guy doesn't stand a chance? But it does suck for him in this moment
2: in this world and with his limited capacity to look past it. And so if you're going to empathize with this character, you shouldn't. You don't have to.
0: But you but the show wants you to. Like
2: Right, but, but you don't have to. I know you
0: don't have to, but if you don't it's an, it's it's so I'm getting at. If you don't, it's a failure. If the show doesn't if the show if, if if the show wants you to empathize empathize with its main character and yet it doesn't create an empathetic main character, then that's on the show. Well, I think that
1: I'm, I'm I agree. I, I truthfully I do agree with both of you. I think there's something to be said here for. I mean, listen. This is this is a podcast of making assumptions, right? We we assume intent from a lot of the people that we, with their films, from their television shows. We don't know one way or the other. But there is very much a distinct possibility where they don't like Sam in this situation. It's possible the writers are cognizant of the fact that Sam is not likable in this current situation, and and then in the next episode he will do something that makes us like
0: him. But I don't, I don't, but, I, I don't see it in the text. I don't see anything that 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 I don't see anything that backs that backs that up in the text. What but it's interpretation, but, right? I mean, you can. But that's my that,
1: that's my point, which is: listen, we can sit here and we can say that yes, there there's a very distinct possibility that they wrote Sam to be, uh, you know, a cute kid who was frustrated with his lot in life, and, and they hoped that people still liked him even if he was doing things that were somewhat unlikable. But the the point here is that. I think that there's a messiness to it. I think that that's what makes this show special. 100%. I think the fact that we're having this discussion about the show is also something that makes the show special. So I, I don't. I, as much as I understand both sides of this argument, and I very much do, I also don't think that it's. I don't. I don't know that it's as nefarious as as
0: it can come across. But it's not nefarious. That's my whole point. Like I. And I don't mean to come down so hard on the show because that's not really what I'm trying to do. I'm coming down on uh, on culture at the time. Sure. And to me, it feels like that mm. the, the uh, confessional story yeah. about the middle-aged white guy who was a nerd in high school mm-hmm. who couldn't get girls felt like – that middle-aged white guy being vulnerable and honest, like being super progressive, like being progressive in a way that like I am in touch with my feelings. Self-aware. I'm self-aware. I knew what it was like to struggle. I knew what it was like to not be comfortable in the shower. I knew what it was like to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, what these geeks go through. And I get that, of course, I get that how hard that, that experience is to look at, you know, your peers and feel like they're ahead of you or feel like, you know, girls like them or whatever it is. That being said, it wasn't until, and you know, I, mean, I I don't mean to take this like this, like these these extreme places where I am just I feel like I am trying to evoke things. I am really just trying to open up the, the argument, but it wasn't really until that kid shot up the uh, UCSB. This was about six seven years ago, and that led to you know he had the, he put out these videos which were essentially like I am such a nice guy, why don't girls like me? And he specifically went into these sororities and tried to you know kind of kill these girls that. He thought, you know, he, he deserved. It wasn't until the "Yes, All Women" hashtag that I really started to understand, like exactly how, um, like deeply kind of fucked up the psychology of guy gets girl is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and tried to, you know, have that reflected in my writing. So it's not so much that I am condemning the show. For not, in my opinion, for not understanding this thing that's been in culture forever, like forever back to Shakespeare, of and beyond of guy gets girl. It's more that this is reflective of that moment, and um, that's it. This is reflective of that moment, and this added to this mythology of like, you know, one day the meek shall inherit. I guess.
1: I mean, I think that. <clears throat> Part of this also just just stems from the fact that this is a much more male-driven show that Toby and I were um, earlier talking about my so-called life and how you know these two shows could conceivably be talked about in the same sentence if, if for no other reason than they were uh, beloved and short-lived. But I think that that this show, you know, being created by a man, being primarily written by men, uh, with you know more male characters than female characters, uh, it, it certainly has that. Um, vibe to it it's a more masculine show um, to a certain degree Uh, although i think that you know in 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 future episodes um well i guess i don't know the order but it doesn't matter the the masculinity femininity argument that this show sometimes makes is also quite interesting Um, there is something sort of um about the vulnerability of these male characters on this show which i think also makes it A special interesting thing Mm -hmm. you didn't see a lot of beta males on television um around this time uh and i think that there's something to be said for that um yeah i mean it's it it it, it, watching the episode i remember you know kenny texted me and he was like yeah i don't know i have thoughts about this episode so i watched it thinking to myself what possibly could you're looking for trouble a little bit i was Mm -hmm. no, just i was wondering what kenny might have bumped up against Mm -hmm. and it became pretty clear to me uh that the maureen stuff is 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 not great um but i think that they handled it i think they handled it relatively well under the circumstances and i think that the characters came across pretty unscathed all things considered
0: oh i i also just this is so stupid but it can be both things right it can all it could be Mm -hmm. like kind of like Frustrating from 2019. And, you know, part of me feels like, like these guys do need to be called out a little bit for what they, they wrought, you know, like, um, like what they
2: put, uh, like, um, what
0: they put out there, what they right. perpetuated. And, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the biggest example of all is, you know, in, uh, in Knocked Up, I Know, the 40 year old version, I Know You're Gay Because. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, again, one of those things that at the time, no one blinked an eye. Yeah. And today, not okay. Even John Apatow, I'm sure, would be like, "We really fucked up there. We didn't know what we were saying. Mm-hmm. Sure. We didn't understand how hurtful it was." And I would absolutely take that out of the movie today mm-hmm. if I can. So I don't mean to like just come down because the thing about the Maureen thing is like, there's a lot of good there. I'm not just trying to like fucking no, I take the conversation away. Like there's a and lot we'll, of talk so- I mean, so we'll, we'll talk about geez, some. I mean, hopefully
1: we'll talk about some things. that we really I like.
0: think like I think the characterization of her and Cindy are really good. In, in yeah in general, I think it's funny how like kind of yeah. cool she is. I believe that like you know pretty girls from out of town don't just come in and start shitting on the nerds you, like well, I think there's something
1: and i'm I'm obviously curious uh to your thoughts toby mm-hmm. I, I think there's something about Maureen being having been at sort of a bunch of different schools and that temporal quality that she that she sees around her. You know, where, like, she doesn't know how long she's going to be at this school for, and she, you know, rather than being a wallflower or not connecting with people, she tries to connect with them, but also doesn't, like, take root in the same way. Like, at the end, when she says, I'm going to go sit over at that table, if that's okay— it's a little heartbreaking to a certain degree cuz you're like these kids saw this coming and they knew that their mm-hmm. time with her was limited. Um but then she's like I'm just three tables over like I'm not going back to Florida she like
2: invited them. Yeah, and she's
1: like you guys can and they they know that that's something they can't do right. uh because of stupid high school norms but um you know, her just saying, like we're still going to be friends. Like it's and I believe her. I don't know if we see Maureen again. I can't be sure.
2: I don't remember. I don't
1: remember either. As we continue to watch, maybe maybe we do. maybe we don't. I don't but so. I, I think that there's something at least to that kind of ellipse that makes it not feel as raw to me and gives her a lot more sort of shading. I don't know it's
2: that time of the year. Yeah, um, just in listening to this, like, part of our sure. conversation, it, I'm wondering, and I think I know the answer, but were there any female writers on the show?
1: Yes, there Good were two. two. Uh, oh. Patty Lynn and Rebecca Kirshner. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, I'd be curious to go back and look at what their episodes are. Patty it's, what one were she, these episodes?
1: She wrote uh, Girlfriends and Boyfriends, the next one, eight. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, it's very interesting to look – like if you look at Lindsay Weir versus Angela Chase,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, they are very similar in the sense that they are trying – they're roller skating on like this rebellious streak mm-hmm. and yeah. they keep falling but keep getting back up and keep going. And And I think emotionally they both learn the same lessons mm-hmm. and they both feel like shit sometimes and they both feel better than unloved. they should. Yeah. Unloved. Un- misunderstood for sure. Yeah. Um, and they both – they have Sharon and Millie who are basically the same character uh, who are like the left behind good girl friend who doesn't understand what happened. And I mean, every girl I know had that relationship where all of a sudden in, in middle school or high school, the family friend that you vacationed with and, you know, hung out all the time was at every birthday party. You just don't talk anymore. And it wasn't a mutual thing. It was one of those two people deciding and it sucks. So
1: it's a growing apart thing.
2: Yes. You know. And growing up while well, you might not be growing up. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's really interesting. I also
0: I want to come back to that point. Okay. You, no no, when you done, yeah.
2: I also think that Lindsay is a lot more masculine. I mean, she was yeah. created by, by men. men. Mm-hmm. And She's a bit of a tomboy. That doesn't have to be good bad or otherwise. I think it's just like statement of fact. And where she does have these emotional moments like when she realizes she did Something shitty to Eli and the pilot and things like that. She 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 wears it very differently than Angela, yes, is. who is created in like a female world. Um, but I think one of the most interesting things is so Maureen shows up, and I think she's kind of like the ideal quote unquote ideal girl, right? Um, yes, yeah. What I find is really interesting is then they they then completely skirt. Um, a stereotype that was right in front of them when they take um, Vicky, the cheerleader, Yes, Joanna Garcia, <laughs> and she's lovely. Yeah, She's not a mean girl.
1: She's super nice to Eli. She stands when, there yeah. and talks to <laughs> Eli. Yeah. She
2: includes Maureen, yeah. and she isn't rude or mean. Yeah. She doesn't have a gaggle of mean girls behind her. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really interesting choice because it, it was not the obvious one.
1: It's also... Um, It's also interesting the perception that the geeks have of Vicky. Mm -hmm. Now, again, we haven't had a lot of exposure to Vicky, so I don't want to throw the geeks under the bus and say that that this is just a bunch of geeks who are threatened by a pretty girl because it could very well be that. But it also could very well be they don't know her and there's just sort of this – They know she has power. They know she has power in in this dynamic. And and that's – I think that that's interesting. But – but I think that to your point, what what perspective we have of Vicky from an audience perspective has only been positive. Yeah, which, which I, I think, think is, is fascinating. Which I think is fascinating.
2: Um, and then the last thing in this yeah. run-on sentence, <laughs> <laughs> and we can go back to this if you want to jump yeah, in. Yeah, those
0: two points you made before kind of connect to each other, so I'm going to okay. hold off.
2: <laughs> I think, you know, going back to the whole the boys, boy, like guy gets girl, yeah, yeah. possession of Maureen, whatever. I think this, and maybe this is... It, just extremely obvious. I think this entire episode is all about possession and control. Because mm-hmm. oh, if you yeah. think about yes. it, yeah. it's the dad trying to keep – The daughter from – Well, no, no, no. That's trying right. to keep yeah, the kids yeah. Yeah, right. home. Yeah. Um, I'm getting my
1: episodes mixed trying up.
2: Trying to keep them as kids. Like, hey, Friday night we're playing a game. And the kids are like, yeah, no, dad, bye. And then, Pit. And then Mr. Rosso who yes. thinks that I'm your cool friend but I'm also going to tell you when you're fucking up – and controls their has, narrative
1: when they come to the bar at the end. Well, he
2: thinks he has control yeah. in school and he doesn't, but then he gets the upper Usurpes hand at control. the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then even Nick in like the, the messy way he refers to and acts around mm-hmm. Lindsay, mm-hmm. like not not in a, like a full force, she's mine sort of way. Yeah. And I think their hand is forced a little bit when they're in um, Toby's like garage because that was just a creepy moment. Yeah. Um, I also I appreciate being brought on for the episode where there's <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: a, creepy a creepy Toby. Toby <laughs> in in pop culture, my experience has been that Toby is either the baby boy like in Labyrinth uh-huh. or the dog. That's it.
1: Well, that's Toby Ziegler. Oh yeah, Toby Ziegler.
2: Okay, well that wasn't that that didn't ruin my childhood. Like <laughs> he's fine, fine.
1: He's great. Toby's one of the best characters in The West Wing. Okay, fine but your not point, point still stands
2: <laughs> <laughs> so like growing up like yeah. my name wasn't on keychains yeah, and when I when uh-huh. I found it yeah when Mine I found either. it anywhere I mean when I found it Mine anywhere either. it was like
0: I'm sorry what
1: my, Philip not, was not not, on not spelled the way that I spell it are you generally well that's one just is the your that, fault yeah well no but okay <laughs> I didn't have any control over this. And no, I also I think it looks better with two L's than with one. But anyway.
2: I'm teasing. Um, I love how this is still like a bruised area for no, all I, of us. I, it I, I hate like, it. God. I wrote a whole thing about it. It drives me crazy.
0: Um, I gave my kids names that aren't on keychains. That's yeah. not true. My last two kids are on all the key, key, keychains. All the keychains. But my, my son's name is Rollins. Like You're not yeah. going to find that on a keychain any, anywhere.
2: Which is great. I, I mean, I love being Toby a girl because I show up and I have – I have power that I, I I'm unexpected a lot of times. If like I'll walk in for an interview and they'll they'll come out in the waiting room and be like, oh, he's not here, and I'm like, he's right here, you know. And so all of a sudden, I I have the upper hand. That's cool. Yeah,
0: Toby's a great Toby's name. a great name. I love it. Yeah, I mean,
2: I think I can say that because I had yeah. nothing to do
0: with it. Yeah.
1: But you, you, did you want to come? You said that uh, there were two things you wanted. Oh boy, to – Oh, boys had issues with my own
0: name, um, Kenneth. The <laughs> Well, wow, I've never done my Kenneth rant on this. You have. <laughs> what to me? Is I this like I've heard pre- the pre-South Park issues, or no? I mean, that's, I don't love the 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 that's not the best thing. We killed Kenny, or sure. they killed Kenny, you bastards. <laughs> and then before that, it was Ken and Barbie. Oh yeah. Right. But I just think Ken, Kenny, and Kenneth all are deeply troubling to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, I, when
2: somebody calls me Toby, I feel like I'm in trouble. Everybody conjugates my name. Oh. I'm just like Tob, Tobes. Toblerone, you know, Do you, you Toblerone? You can if you want and one of my friends called me Tobler because it became too long. Yeah.
0: I had we, our, contra- our contractor, our contractor was named Toby and I always called him Toblerone behind his back. I hope he's not listening.
2: You should have done it in front of his Toby. friend
0: cuz it probably happened all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I always said his name was short it for sounds- Toblerone. Yeah.
1: Why would he why would that bother him? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so can,
1: can I just uh, – I want I want to pivot just a little bit. Be, before you pivot, yes. I want to
0: talk about what Toby, yes, Toby yes, sir, just course. said. Yes, sir. Of course. Toby yep. So uh, two things that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, one is the the Angela Chase uh, and Lindsay Par- parallels with their friends, Millie and Sharon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to me that we always follow the one with more power the one who left the other one behind. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. The movie's never about the best friend.
0: Well, they're both best friends, right? No, but I mean – So they're, they're both people and right. they both have their own stories. So they – you just as easily could follow, you know, Millie down the nerd hole or wherever she's going. Down the, the nerd she's hole? She's going to church. church. Yeah, you can do the follow, follow her to church where she's making out. Uh, um that's So that's one. If you take that and kind of extrapolate your next point about Vicki – uh, the reason we're doing that is because I think we, I, I think most writers are nerds. Um, we may be able to relate better to the nerd, but we want behind that curtain, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, of course. So, Vicky's just standing behind a curtain. We don't—they don't know anything yeah. about Vicky.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and frankly, most people behind that curtain are pretty nice. Like, I—I right. didn't see Booksmart. And I can't wait to see it. I don't know Book what's wrong great. with me, but it's isn't
2: Booksmart fantastic? Isn't it like at the
0: core, Booksmart's like basically like the people behind the curtain are pretty fucking smart and cool too. Yeah, it's
1: like the it's it's what's well, like the That's a big part of it.
2: Yeah, the,
0: the turn,
1: and it was the thing that surprised me the most about the film, and I was pleasantly surprised. Don't ruin it. No, I don't think it. Ruins don't ruin it because I, I as soon as I have two hours, it's what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> my my point is that something happens about I don't know 15, 20 minutes into the movie,
3: uh-huh.
1: where. To your point, expectations or preconceived notions about the kids that are around them changes, and it turns the whole the, it hold the whole sort of. I know what the inciting incident in the movie is, more
0: or less. Okay, yeah. I mean, So my I know, point is, but I, the I, murder. But I basically under. As I'll just say it. You guys can tell me yeah, if okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. But I basically understand that um, that these two kids, these two girls, yes. Well, their- one girl primarily, but yeah. Well, they worked their ass off yes. in college. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, in high school. They didn't party. Yes. They got into great schools. Yes. They realized at the end, all these kids who didn't work their ass off and also partied also got into the great schools. Correct. Yep. And so- without, hopefully, a college admission scandal. Without a college scandal. <laughs> so because of that, they yes. basically said- well, we're going to you we're gonna have time we have left one crazy night and your guess. favorite thing exactly. one crazy night. Yeah. All right, I can't wait to see this movie. It's great. It's don't great. know what's wrong with me. No, no, you'll, you'll that, watch and you'll love right, it. But, so but the point is that that's, that's my key yes, point is basically yes. the people behind the curtain. I appreciate that they figured yes. that out too because like I don't know we've all, I, I had two hundred fifty kids in my grade and I'd say two hundred fucking forty eight of them were pretty great people. Yeah. So it just. They're it it a, is, a is no the whole 70. one rotten apple thing is the problem.
1: Yeah. it's, it's that yes. I, it's, It takes it, – it really, unfortunately, if you have one fucking terrible kid who makes everyone's life miserable, and that kid unquestionably has probably something that's happened to them that's terrible that's made them this way. Kim
2: Kelly.
1: Kim, Kim Kelly. Kelly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and you can't see the forest of the trees when you're that kid. Riverdale like, does that really well. Right. It's
0: like,
1: I mean, we, we were all – I mean, I don't want to say all of us, but – yeah, I was certainly bullied to a certain degree, and you hate the bully. You can't. You can't all of a sudden in your head be like, "Well, I'm sure he's got his own. He's dealing well, with his own stuff." You don't know what's stuff. going on at, ho- yeah. at home. Yeah. So you're just like, but you're just like, why are you making my life miserable?
0: Well, you know, so. a lot of shows. If you look at the arc of a lot of these shows, that start with like a group of, you know, an in crowd and an out crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For lack of like a you know more specific term, um, they wind up coming together. Yep. You know. Uh Glee is an example where, sure. in the beginning, you have these kids throwing slushies in the face of people they start dating and hanging out with all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday night lights is an example for mm-hmm. sure. You know, Landry and Saracen are certainly out crowd in the beginning. They, became, they become a f- part of the fabric mm-hmm. of the school. I work on a show that's like that. Mm-hmm. Like Step Up High Water, we basically start with like some kids who are in the outcrowd, and by the end of the third, second season, they're all best friends. So, like, that is kind of a pretty normal dynamic, but – and also an admission that all these kids are more or less the same and going through the same shit. Um,
1: but, I mean, I think it would be irresponsible for any television show that's about teenagers to not be about, like, letting your freak flag fly. But you know int- what I mean? And, and, and embracing the differences and all the different type of people that are out there, if, that, if you
0: understand what I'm saying.
2: The interesting thing about this show, though, is it about two out crowds. And within the two yes. out crowds, there then becomes an in crowd. Yep.
0: So I – and then I wanted to extrapolate that to this to, – to this show – which I always find kind of interesting. I look at the show as not knowing these specific writers, but knowing writers as the group of people they were in, mm-hmm. the geeks, mm-hmm. and the group of people they wanted to be, the freaks. And I don't think they I don't really think most of most writers wanted to be football hero cheerleader. I think they just wanted to be cool fucking James Dean people. Yep. yep, yep. You know. And this show
2: specifically, I was listening to the commentary on this episode and Paul Feig was saying with I, th- I think he said maybe with like literally one exception in the whole run of the show, every single thing that happened to these kids happened to one of the writers.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, they, that's they wanted the they wanted the writers to show up on day one with as many stories as they could. Yeah, so did, and so I told
0: you we did that on hindsight. We didn't do it. We didn't use it. Didn't
2: it. <laughs> so in hindsight, that was say, a bad idea. Hindsight,
0: <laughs> on hindsight, and in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about Mr. Rosso because he's he's got a a Ew. big arc.
0: Ew. you don't like him? No, I love him. He's great. Okay, but he's like, I do love him. I think he's an amazing character. But like, God, I would hate to be in his presence.
2: He's cr- he's ugh. like yeah. no,
0: no. cringe. Yeah, no. He's, yeah. But
2: he's
1: he's got a little bit of what is the teacher's name on South Park with the glasses?
0: What's his name? No. Describe I, him. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're, De- you're not talking about the oh. one with Mr. Hat, right? Mr. Garrison? Yeah. He's got a little bit of Mr. Garrison, Oh, Mr. Garrison. The other one I like is the, um, like the, the guidance counselor on South Park. I forgot his name. But
1: so, so Mr. Rosso, uh, at the top of this episode, this is also like the only sort of, repiloting moment for me is mm-hmm. the cold open. Yes. Which is that they're really just trying to be like...
2: And we don't know why they're in there. We
1: don't know why they're in yeah. there. They just want to have a funny scene where he sings Alice Cooper to them, right. and hopefully people will be endeared by the vibe of this scene and stick around. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of apropos of very little. Um, but it's a, it's a funny scene nonetheless. And I'll never get tired of... <laughs> Of how excited Nick gets at people singing. Like, if anyone's singing oh, around no, Nick, funny. he's now, just like all about it. Are, it's
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, when they walk out and they're all like traumatized, and he's like, guys, there's some really hard chords there.
1: <laughs>
0: um, he's like, you can tell he wants to be in a band with Mr. Ross. I was a little hard on Jason Siegel in the first run of these. He's amazing. He's,
2: he's amazing. really he's sweet amazing. in all of these. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the, there's something about it. Any, him. any, like, quote-unquote creepiness where yes. between Nick and Lindsay is yeah. just, he's naive. He's yeah. a kid. He doesn't, he doesn't he's see he's the train kid.
0: of heartbreak that, barreling towards oh What he's doing in these episodes <laughs> doesn't bother me. What he's yeah. doing in the ep- these episodes, it just reeks of like <laughs> inexperience, yep. desperation. And sweetness. Oh, yeah. And, the, and sweetness, the, sweetness, yeah. the fact that he's sweet yeah. when you
2: then, you know, the curtain's drawn and, and you mm-hmm. see the mean guy from Newsies is his father, you know, <laughs> and... <laughs>
0: Toby, I love that yeah. you are. Your <laughs> <laughs> references rule. <laughs> you <guy>
3: from Newsies. <laughs> this is just my head thing. He was
0: the mean guy in Newsies. <laughs> yes. <sir>. <laughs> um, <laughs> you missed our Christian Bale deep dive for, uh, uh, In Summer's Night Dream. Yeah. Which I guess would have... With your friend, Joanna Robinson.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Which I think so like, I'm think i glad that worked out. It's, it's I have like actually sweet, yet right? to meet her.
0: <laughs> in
1: in real life? In real life. She's a her friend?
2: Yeah, yeah, but where Toby's the one that connected? Where us. she's awesome. one of my like pop culture soulmates.
1: Yeah, my yeah she, she was. She was. Cool. Oh my god, the episode was just amazing, and she's the best. Oh, that's
2: she's, awesome. Yeah. I'm glad.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we did a Christian Bale deep dive because uh, Jenna Maslin was talking about him like a cheese like the, the imbo. Yeah, she was like, he's, I was like, yeah, what but at this point, mean, he'd like, done news, he's nothing, <laughs> done like Empire, Empire of the, the, sun. Sun. Empire yeah, the Sun. Yeah, but like he wasn't yeah. hot in it. Like Jenny Maslin speaks of him like he's like this hot beefcake, yeah, yeah. and it's Fair. like he's not. Which he
0: like is, but like, but not but, till. But like he's Christian Bale, which is so funny because yeah. now, I was listening to Little Gold Men, not to go too yeah, far afield, yeah. but I was listening to Little Gold Men now, and you know they're talking about Ford versus Ferrari, which apparently is like going to be an Oscar be contender. An Oscar contender. Yeah. And they're like, well, Christian Bale's in it, which is like, of yeah. course it's an Oscar contender because the Oscar guy is in it. Yeah. So now he's just you're putting your movie. Yeah. He's basically the new Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, I mean I think it's because
1: he's so – he's pretty method and, and goes there an act- he's and, also, and a good actor. He's
0: also a mystery.
2: He doesn't yeah. play the fame game in the same way as a lot no, of people and so people Talk look shit. at him more of like
0: as an artist. This yes. dude played Batman. <laughs> like I can't get over that. He's great. He's yeah. phenomenal. He's incredible. Yeah. I know but like though, – who is – Leo, right? Leo has oh. never played a superhero, never will. Um, yeah. and it's so funny that to me that Christian Bale like kind of made his bones. Yeah. Playing the superhero now to his credit to Nolan's credit to everyone's credit those were not your normal superhero movies not at all but um, yeah
1: that's but kind to, of you mean his it, for all and we talked we talked about this on, on Midsummer Night's Dream but you know his career or at least his adult career is mm-hmm. really birthed by American Psycho which is yeah. 100%. quite a weird movie to put you into the echelons that it did for him
2: but the the thing is with that movie it's it's psychotic but it's also hilarious so you yeah, see his very, comic chops yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, so you were saying about uh, um, uh, Mean Guy from Newsies is, is Nick's dad.
2: Right. And so and, yeah. there's a sweetness revealed, I think, over the course of the first seven episodes, yep. at least, with Nick that I had forgotten. And honestly, yeah. like I said, Friday Night Lights is my favorite. And when I... It's like... The Friday Night Lights pilot is like my Ativan TV. Like it's When like I'm not okay and I don't can't make a decision about what to watch, I just put it
1: on. And, it's Parks and Rec and West Wing for me, but yeah.
2: Yeah, and so I end up... Sometimes when that happens, just I watch two and I watch three, which is my favorite episode. And then you know, it's
0: the one where Tyra, uh, not Tyra, where. Um Tim Riggins and... Lila. Lila Kiss. Wind crying It's the
2: hysterical... Uh, or like the the rain. The rain. Yeah. And, I gotta
0: rewatch my highlights. Yeah. Like but him. were they like... But were like... Kind of street. arguing outside of the car. Yeah, because keep... he
2: hasn't gone to see Street. In it's the... the
0: fucking best. To me, I agree <laughs> with it's you. My,
2: it's my favorite <laughs> it's the episode most, of scripted yeah. television. It is? It's yes. a good answer. It's um, a when
0: I realize the show's playing on a different level.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Sorry, I'm going to... No. Nick's
1: dad. Uh, it came from, this all came from Nick's dad somehow.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh my Nick's goodness. sweetness. And- sweetness.
1: Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: uh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, in one of my more recent rewatches... Yes. In a, I, I mean, Riggins, Riggins, Riggins all sure. day long. yeah. I fell... Back in love, or maybe even for the first time, with Saracen and how sweet he is. I saw him very differently as I got older and would
0: revisit. Mm -hmm. Um, He's my favorite character in television. history. He's fantastic. In television, there's something about him that I... It's not even that I I relate to him. I recognize in him that no other show has ever picked up on this kind of guy. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: It's amazing stuff.
2: But the thing... Going back to Mr. Rosso, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. The thing that I think is fascinating about his character and... I acknowledge how good he is at portraying this character. I don't love the character because it just gives me the like the willies. Yeah, it's just kind of like ugh.
1: well, especially when he starts like this episode opens with him. Talk, he pulls Lindsay aside after right. singing to talk to her, basically about puberty, right? And, and he hands her a pamphlet yeah. on dating.
2: But the, th- <laughs> the thing, the thing that I think is is kind so of so creepy, lovely about him in general is that it just shows that you never grow out of wanting to be accepted. He's this guidance counselor who has this power. He's in a position to steer these kids. Yeah, yeah. But he also wants to be liked. Mm-hmm. And so then at the end of this episode, when they see him on stage yeah. and he actually has like indisputable control and power in mm-hmm. that moment, he, he throws him under the bus mm-hmm. and he shows them up and he flexes. So well, I think it's interesting. I, I think that's,
1: I think that's really, yeah, he's, well, he's, He's constantly dropping, like, cool pop culture references to make it seem like he's hip. Right. You know, I was at Woodstock. I decided that. You know, I have herpes. Um, things like are we the, still
2: talking about Mr. Rosso?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are, to our <laughs> listeners. Um, but it, it's it's just really – he. so I had a teacher in high school um, – who played a somewhat similar game, which is she wanted to be an authority figure, but she also wanted to be your friend, which is not really something you can do. No. Um, you got to kind of pick one lane or the other. Now mm-hmm. you can still be a nice teacher, you don't well, have to it's be the same an asshole as a parent. Yeah, but, but exactly, you're either an authority figure or you're not, and and he struggles with that. Mr. Ross's character, you can tell, isn't so much interested in being an authority figure as he is someone that he wants them to put faith in. Like he yeah. wants them he wants to-, to
2: be cool in their eyes. Yes.
1: Because I think he—I don't know if it's because he needs the validation, which I think is probably the case—but mm-hmm. I think also part of it is, will I get through to them better if they think I—that's am cool? interesting.
0: That's, that's well, very generous.
2: But I also—I also think that it's—it's. <laughs> it's, wise i guess i don't know that's not the right word but i like the fact that they created this teacher that proves that you just don't grow out of this high school shit yeah
3: Yeah. you just
2: really really don't and he's literally he's physically literally still in high school Mm -hmm. and still dealing with the same shit he still gets bruised when like the quote-unquote cool kids give him the cold shoulder
0: he's also kind of obsessed with the cool
2: kids well that's the thing yeah yeah he is a geek
1: well we never we never outgrow high school I mean I'm, I'm some convinced of some of us do. But like we're in any industry. I remember when I first moved out here, Kenny and I both worked in an agency uh, for quite some time. And I just found myself feeling like, oh, this is just a bunch of people that want to hang out with the cool kids. Was it like a
2: detective the- agency?
1: No, it was a,
0: it was a talent agency. <laughs> it, it wasn't Blue Moon? Okay. It, no, it unfortunately. Bad, oh my god. <laughs> we should have done. Seriously. Yeah, then we could have had our Why detective. Why are we detectives? <laughs> I have a friend whose husband is a <laughs> PI manager. Yeah, sure. Oh Like Magnum? Like Magnum. <laughs> No, this guy. I don't really know much about him. I've only met him twice, mm-hmm. but uh, he was like, he's like. I'm not gonna say the friend is, so no one will add him. But he was like MI6, and then you're like, oh wow, New York, and now he's like a PI. Like, he's just like he's he's like a real like James Bondy guy. Well, we
2: that's were all cool. PAs. I mean, that's <laughs> out, pretty similar. Right? <laughs> I was mag PA actually.
0: <laughs> so I just want to.
1: Uh, I want to say a couple lines that please, I loved in this episode please, please, that please. jumped out at me, uh, Mr. Weir. After Lindsay opens the envelope. Uh, and it has the money in it from, I think it's from her grandmother or her aunt, her aunt. Yeah. Uh, and he's like through the mail. It's amazing. Some junkie working at the post office didn't steal it. <laughs> yep,
3: yep. <laughs>
1: Love that. Uh, Bill saying, I saw Ronald Reagan kissing a monkey last night, <laughs> which I adore. It was a good um, answer. I love Bill talking about the science teacher. He ran over an old lady once and blamed it on his car. <laughs> Ken saying that everything yes. fun that happens in this world happens in bars. Yeah. Which is just the saddest thing I've ever heard. Because, I mean, as a I guess as a kid you think, like, drinking is cool, but I don't know. Um, and then I just let no one in Canada looks like you guys. <laughs> to someone from Canada. <laughs> <It was>
3: great. <laughs> yeah. Someone from Canada.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved Kevin Corrigan telling Nick, don't be nice to that rooster. It's not a nice, petty, pet, pet rooster. <laughs> well, this is, I
2: have to say, so listening to the commentary, yeah. he showed up and knew none of his lines. Mm-hmm. None of his lines. Mm-hmm. And so, fast forward, Judd ends up with hours funny. of improv oh my God. It's and so could not... They, they said they had every editor on the scene at some point because they just couldn't figure it out. There was, like, too much to work with. And then they finally landed on, obviously, what we see. Because
0: he's, he's so funny? Yes,
2: he's but so funny. Also, also because it was all improv.
0: Yeah. Um, so, like, there was no there, there. It yeah. was just...
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: he's underused as a comic, comic. He really is. He's really is. funny in Pineapple Express. He is. Well, yeah. that's
2: the thing. He continues to work with them. It's, it's interesting. He's a um, great
0: actor. I, wish he, I was, wish he was in more stuff. Yeah, I wish yeah. he was in more stuff.
2: Um, can I... Please. Quote, unquote, pivot. Yeah. We have not talked about the 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 thing. We haven't talked about Billy Joel, guys. Oh, Billy God, Joel. So it's much like Billy half, Joel my, half my, half <laughs> my <theory. laughs> Yo, please, okay, guys, go, so, go, 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 go. Thank okay. you. <laughs> so I grew up in New Jersey. I
0: was going to say, Jews from New Jersey. <laughs> okay,
2: so I grew up in New Jersey, and I was raised on the three Bs. Yeah. Bruce, Bon Jovi, and Billy Joel, right?
0: <laughs> I was also raised on Elton John, which should explain a lot to you. But okay.
2: No, yes, but he wasn't. He wasn't in the water. Of course, yes. yes. Um, And so, (laughs) Billy Joel to me, like there was like this this nerd moment in my life where I literally owned every cassette. Like would go and try and find them in the mall and.
1: All the Billy Joel cassettes? A
2: hundred percent. There were like 12 at the time albums and like including like the one that I have no idea how to pronounce. I think it's called like Kopalept or something. It's it's a Russian name that it has some – from when he went to the it's USSR. Like, yeah. um, it has some great songs. But my point is I loved him, love him still. I, I, I like – Put them to the side, kind of like when I felt like I outgrew like Counting Crows, where, where like I thought that they were, bangers, right? but I thought that they were like brilliant, amazing, oh my god, yeah. and then they just weren't cool anymore, and yeah. so I was like, well, duh, obviously, yeah. bye. Yeah, yeah. And then I yeah, yeah, I, I, get get back, yeah I, I get back
0: that. to them hard, that. yeah, yeah. hundred
2: like recently yeah. this past year yeah. actually, uh-huh. Mrs. Potter's Lullaby is whatever anyway so um
0: that desert life people don't talk about that that is no it's always it's always august, august every and everything after it used to
2: be my like desert island yeah. um august
0: and everything after is a perfect album guys it's, incredible. it's, it's fine, fine. yes it. it's, it's like, very no good one talks about that desert life but it's so
2: fucking it's good i
0: know every album i know every song and, and
2: hard candy has a
0: couple of good ones on it what's the what's the one between them with long december uh, oh it's uh, the, it's uh satellites recovering. yes which is
1: also a good album
0: yes they nailed it yeah yeah,
2: um, I saw them um, play a Halloween show in Atlanta one time, and it was phenomenal. Really, I, um,
0: I hate them live. He changes all the, he changes all the melodies. Guys, c- no. we're, we're, here's what we're. I, I, I'm sorry. We'll we'll, get Jones, off on, well, no,
1: we're gonna get on to Billy Joel in just one second. Can we just talk about the fact that his, that he was wearing a wig all this time, that the dreads aren't real dreads? Did you guys? I see saw this that online? he quote
2: unquote shaved. I did not know that it was a wig. S- no. God, stop I, it. Wait. I'm sorry. I need sources.
1: Yeah, I
0: don't believe you're right look it up i got the internet okay internet the internet
1: literally like last week said that it was that the dreads were never real
0: okay
1: <laughs> <was> toby like- <laughs> toby's dealing with some stuff right now guys no that's fine okay okay uh but, but let's just move on uh, okay. billy
2: joel so billy joel billy joel was very um instrumental and influential in my like formative years Ex- and
0: extensions
2: oh dude
0: Dude. Big difference.
1: Dude.
2: That's innovating instead of inventing. That's that's just
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Apparently we know where you guys stand on Adam Durrett's having fake hair in any capacity. Judgy, judgy, judgy. I literally <laughs> don't care one way or the other about this. Billy Joel. Billy Joel.
2: Um, so I had like my favorite songs and I thought it was cool because they were the ones that like nobody heard of. Like what? Right? Um, my What's like, your all time favorite my, Billy Joel song? Summer
0: Highland Falls. Yeah. I've listened to that recent because he, when he's out
2: that's f- the first time I noticed lyrics.
0: Okay. Well, he okay. Uh, f- when they had the Billy Joel station on Sirius, uh huh. They had there was sometimes he would come on and mm-hmm. he would like talk about songs before. Mm-hmm. Summer Island Falls is amazing.
2: It's talked, unbelievable. Yeah, and he talked I've about the scene from it. Italian restaurant was like my fun one that I always loved, but
0: You talked about the creation of that song. It's really mm-hmm. uh, I mean he's I love Billy Joel too.
2: But um, he's a storyteller and people forget that they they they, they I think some people have come back around to acknowledge his place in like music
0: history and what he accomplished. But it's happened over the last ten years. I yeah, you just have to accept it.
2: Yeah, but in it's always in a nostalgic way, and it's the people who have come back to him not discovered him for the first time. I think, but I think it's really interesting I've been because about this for a long time. I know, but in the in the um...
1: in our apropos of nothing episode where you guys just talk about Billy Joel for two hours. Well,
0: and Bruce, and there's just something about the. <laughs> In the 90s, Billy Joel and Bruce were both very uncool. And then Bruce came back yes. in the 2000s. Um, because
2: of September 11th. Yeah. It was with The Rising. Yeah, The Rising.
0: The Rising and also there were a lot of bands who then were like, we're just making our Bruce album. Right. So a lot of like cool kids look back and we yeah, like – The Killers did a Bruce the album. The Killers yeah. and uh, <clears throat> there were a few that um, that were just like, no, Bruce is really like our, our North Star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. mm that never really happened with Billy Joel.
2: There was a coolness attributed to Bruce at that point that has
0: never, that never circled
2: back to Billy.
1: He was never cool. Well, that's what I was going to say. Bruce but, Bruce was always kind of – there was like a, a troubadour kind of a guy with a guitar. He had that gravelly Bob voice. Miller like he was just, wasn't
0: cool in the 90s either. So like w- right, but, no one who was cool before the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like the 90s, it was just like we just chopped everything that happened before Nirvana off. Yeah. yeah, And we're like, that's all uncool now. Yeah. Madonna's not cool. Michael Jackson's not cool. Prince yeah. isn't cool. Yeah. None of this is cool. Nirvana and everything forward is cool. Anything popular wasn't cool. Exactly. Well, that's exactly cool. what it was. That's right. And then it took till the 2000s yep. for people raised in the 80s to start saying that, you know, like, yeah. whatever. But the Billy Joel thing I wanted to bring up was, and I think it kind of speaks to this point, uh, was Billy Joel? Has Billy Joel ever been effectively used outside of this episode, where it was incredibly yeah, effectively? The, used? So, what is the song that's used on the montages with um, uh, Rosalind's eyes? Okay, but there's another one, right?
2: Yeah. So the first one is "C'est toi," which is strange. right. Um, that's also that's off of Glass Houses, yeah. and then. Um, there are three. There's Rosalinda's Eyes and then Don't Ask Me Why, which most people have probably heard before. Yeah. That was during the ribs, the All You Can Eat. Yeah. Um but I think
1: what that moment when, when uh when the when the guy says you should take her for all, all you can eat ribs and the guy's like, Of course. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the
2: most obvious thing ever.
0: <laughs> I like the David Kechner thing there too. Yes, oh right
2: there. Todd yeah. Packer, he's yeah. great. Um and I also love at the end of that scene when, when she changes it to uh, changes the the menu yeah, board to, to like all you can eat butt or whatever. And then so Bill much. No, but then Bill's just so simply goes, how could you not
1: fall in love with
2: her? It's fantastic. She's the kind
1: of girl you could cut the cheese in front of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Such a great line.
2: So so hold up. So um, (laughs) most of Freaks and Geeks, my understanding, is is based, at least geographically, and stuff on Paul Feig's Michigan upbringing. Mm -hmm. Judd grew up on Long Island. So Billy was in his blood, right? And so this... He just talked about in the commentary a lot how um, you couldn't escape Glass Houses. It came out in 1980 and it was just the soundtrack to everything. And I think the thing that I – that dawned on me as we're talking um, is that Billy married his Maureen, his Cindy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Billy and Judd are cut from the same cloth.
0: Judd married his Maureen too. I, thought I know. Of, I thought about that too. That like these – It's ugly- interesting. Ugly nerds. Let's
2: just say Nabeshi. They're not
0: ugly. I mean, whatever. That's not really what I they're mean. Just the you know, yeah, they're like they're nebbishy, they're, guys. Yeah, ne- yeah. It's jo- it's we can say
2: English? that because uh, no, no, he sorry. no. Um, sorry. He but, sounds like he should be, but,
0: but no. yes, they married. They, 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 Yes, they married the Maureens. and I think they. We could talk about that. Time. We're running out of time. I want to ask a question, like, has Billy Joel ever been effectively used on the soundtrack of anything ever? That's a very good question. Um,
2: I was not allowed to use This Is The Time on my Bat Mitzvah video because it was about sex.
0: <laughs> <This is laughs> that would have been the needle drop of wow. needle drop. You're the only person who didn't use it.
2: I know. We used through the, we used through the years. Um, yeah, that's a,
1: that's a very good question. Um, I mean, I don't – Cameron he does, must have used him at some point. I don't know that he has. He does feel like an underutilized yes. thing.
0: Here's another question for you, Phil. Yeah. Toby and I grew up like Billy Joel was the only approved music that was, that was in my life, right? Like, it was, it was only, also
2: common ground between parents and kids.
0: Parents Yes, I knew every song and it was the only thing. Did you have any? Did you even know who he was? Of course I knew who he was. I don't even know. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, I mean, I, I feel but like. Did you people,
2: know Piano Man and Big Shot? Like.
0: I. People from the New York area. Mm hmm. It's like, he's like our. He's textbook. But he's like, he's like a local band. 100%. Who like got really big. Yeah. And I feel like he's our guy. He's like, yeah. he's no different than like a James Taylor or like a, just another like. Another singer songwriter, but he's not. He was a
1: he <laughs> was a bit yeah. of so uh, I mean as as we all did at this table, I went to a primarily Jewish summer camp mm-hmm. and he was definitely a staple of that. Yes. Um you know, hair. my my color war, uh, one of the one of the teams did uh, did their their big song at the end to Northeastern Alexa. I
2: love that song so fucking. Alexa. Doesn't matter. It's
1: yeah, one yeah, of my yeah, favorite. My yeah, uh, sister's okay. name is Alexa, so that was on repeat in my house. That's awesome. So like it, it's and that album. Stormfront? Stormfront, yeah, I was, went.
2: Yeah. I saw him play that at Yankee Stadium.
1: So that was a big album at that my summer camp. But yeah. I would, I would not say that it was a, that he was an artist that my parents played very much because I don't think that it, w- it meant that Billy Joel was as big a deal to my parents as he was to your parents.
2: He he was definitely tolerated more than some of my other picks okay. as far as listening to music. Like my mom read us on Motown, like she was very big into music and loved James Taylor and sure. all of that. Um, Billy Joel wasn't her like favorite. I don't know how I found him, but he was just yeah. kind of always there. Like you're always. saying, Kenny. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't know.
0: So, uh, yes. Has it ever, has he ever been effectively used on the soundtrack of anything?
1: I, I don't believe he has That's nothing. Com- nothing to comes me. to mind. Because I mean,
0: it, it's, it is.
1: Yeah. No, nothing comes to mind. Uh, every other big
0: musical artist has been like, Sure, like El- some like have been El- weaponized Elton more John, than John. Uh, oh yeah, fucking tiny dancer. tiny dancer. Well, Cameron Crowe is a big needle yeah, drop. But guy, you could but, say any and Scorsese. Yeah, um, give me any, give me any band. I, I don't. <laughs> well, I do. Th-
1: I think that I will say this. It does feel like Even it became Beatles. less cool, and I put that in quotation marks for filmmakers to use uh, popular music as needle drops. As we got, Tarantino made it uncool. Tarantino made it go. Digging around for deep cuts and weird shit that no one knows. Lime and the coconut, and, yeah. And, and
0: times, dude. He played fucking. Let's get. Let's stay together. He played. Sure, I'm, I'm Steelers wheel. Uh, you know, stuck in the middle with you. Like, so, like he's not. He's not immune. You know, I'm to not playing.
1: saying he's immune, but you you understand my point, right? Like, I, you look at the Boogie Nights soundtrack, or 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 Magnolia, or you know, a lot of these sort of as we move deeper into these auteurs. They get away from that because they more want to kind of plant their flags on things that people haven't heard. This is all true, That's but true. I'm talking about the last forty years of pop culture. Yeah, I know. I, I can't think of one, so you know, we I'm gonna
2: we, I'm gonna have to do like a do deep a little talk. research. I, I can't
1: off the top. Well, the next of my time head. you come on, we can uh, and 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 we want to have. So we're gonna do the Bachelor,
2: the t- the movie,
1: the titular Bachelor,
2: but yes. to be not there. the television show
1: because yeah. uh, it did, was not around in 1999, right? Uh, and uh, so you'll come on for that. I'd love that. And uh, and I mean a million other things. You sent me an email with a whole bunch of other stuff that that uh, that you love, and
2: I have yet to understand my welcome.
1: No, absolutely <laughs> not. And and and, and I, I, I don't want to speak for Kenny, but I'll speak for myself. I do love the deep cuts of your choices. Oh really? Yes, because you know it's it's you know a lot of people want you know the, the big ones, mm-hmm. but I think I, I, I appreciate that you you have thoughts on the
0: the lesser known films.
2: Oh so. yeah, because I probably saw them in the theater. <laughs>
0: So there's that. <laughs> I'm I'm looking up right now to see if Billy Joel did anything relevant in 1999 that we could like shoehorn into a Billy Joel episode. The closest, but it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. He did a he played Madison Square Garden um, on New Year's Eve
2: 1999, turning to 99 uh-huh.
0: or turning to, so you 2000? to, you to, turning a, to 2000. You want to do a Billy Joel episode? And I think he did. Uh, and I think he released an album called the Millennium album about it. Yeah. Well, that, if we can, that find was after River of Dreams. Thirty-six kind of, he left song. Me. River of Dreams, not the best. No. Uh,
1: um. So if we can find, if there is, mm-hmm. a recorded version of it, mm-hmm. did he release a concert video or concert al- uh, album of it or anything like that? Because uh, if he did, then we can do an episode on that.
0: Whatever it is. I want to see if he's ever also played, um, ever had his, his music ever used.
2: I need to look at that, too. I, I Now that we're talking about it, I feel like he may not have just – licensed stuff for quite a while
1: that also could be possible he might be a guy who doesn't want his shit being used yeah. but it was used in *Freaking geeks so, i mean it's he can't be he couldn't be that hard he was a fan of the
2: show yeah,
1: there you go toby thank you so much go for being here why
2: oh my god guys thank you and so much
1: we can't wait to have you back yay um and uh next week we are doing episode eight uh girlfriends and boyfriends with uh, special guest emily vanderwerf Um, and, uh, we'll talk about, uh, one of the most iconic scenes in Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah. Run. Uh, it is, it is tough. It's a a tough (laughs) episode. Uh, it's a great episode, but it is, it's a heartbreaking episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening.
2: They're all heartbreaking.
1: They are. They are are all heartbreaking in their own way. Uh, you're on, uh, Twitter, correct? What's your handle?
2: Toby Herman 27.
1: Uh, so follow Toby there follow us at uh podcast like 1999 on Instagram and Twitter uh, please rate review subscribe thank you for listening thank
2: Bye. you thank you guys
3: like just podcast like